prayer. Check. Okay. <laughs> so she did a great job. I would have prayed all that same stuff. So uh, hi everyone. How are you? Okay. So as she said, my name's Tina Harris. Uh, a lot of you know me. Some of you know me. Some of you don't know me. Some of you have seen me around, but not many of you really know me. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So uh, I am Tina Harris. I've been coming to this church for a long, long, long time. 20 something years, five maybe, 25 years maybe. Yes, I go to second service, so you first service people have no clue. Uh, <laughs> my kids were raised in the church, most of them. Um, I have three children who were brought up in the youth group and uh, blah, blah, blah. So um, why am I not here normally on Tuesday nights, you might ask? Oh, who's she? She doesn't even come to this thing. Oh, I work. <laughs> so normally I work until about 5 o'clock, 5.30 I should say. And I work in Pontiac at this moment uh, since, since last July, but I work. So so it's kind of hard to come. It's even hard to come on Wednesdays, which it, it breaks my heart, but um, it's, it's hard. <laughs> it's a long day for me. So uh, what else would you like to know? Well, you're going to learn a lot more about me before the evening is over, okay? So is everybody comfortable? Are you good? Oh, okay. I wasn't really going to mention the bags on the table, but... Yeah, Lord, I just really wanted to present each one of you with something special, a little sweet for his sweethearts, and a scripture that um, he felt might, might be right for each of you, so that's all. Yeah, I just kind of placed them out and said, Lord, let everybody sit down wherever they're supposed to get the right scripture, so, <laughs> okay, that's that. All right, so let's just move right along. So, here I stand before you. Uh, I'm an imperfect person, and you're going to find out all about that in a little while. But I serve a perfect God. And really, that's that's why we're all here anyway, right? Because we love the Lord. Anyway, uh, so, but that's the end of this. Okay, so, oh, and they all lived happily ever after, right? <laughs> we all know that, right? Or did they? Hmm. But that's the end of the story, uh, isn't it? Okay, everyone knows that all good fairy tales start with once upon a time. And so we're going to start there, okay? Once upon a time, this girl was born in a little town north of here called Cadillac, Michigan. And uh, I was born at home, literally at home, on a table, I guess. I wasn't really conscious of a lot right then. <laughs> but word is, word on the street is, I was born on a table, and there was a midwife involved. It was a very... Small town, I'm sure a lot of you know where Cadillac is or have heard of it. It's not that small anymore. I've been recently and it's like, oh, you've changed so much. Uh, so at the time I was born, um, I had, well, my mother, of course, was there. My dad was absent right away, just out of the picture. Uh, I heard, though, that he saw me one time. <laughs> that does a lot for the ego, doesn't it? Oh, okay, see ya. <laughs> you know, what is that? <laughs> so I did have two older brothers. So my mom and dad had two older brother, two boys before me, then I was born, then my dad's history. And um, he came here. My dad was raised in the Detroit area, and that, and my mother up there, and I can never connect the dots. <laughs> it's like, how did that even happen? <laughs> You know, so anyway, so my dad actually, I guess, came back down to, you know, was down here. He met someone else, got married, and that's another story for later. 
Uh, so basically, I didn't know my dad until later in life. Um, so that to say, um, I grew up on a farm, uh, in, um, and it was wonderful. I really enjoyed my moments on the farm. I was very alone, but I liked it that way. I had two older brothers, and then I had two younger brothers. And then I had a little sister that's, uh, as well. But uh, I loved my life up there because I always like to tell people I was raised in the woods because literally there were woods on this side and woods on that side, woods way in the back, and then across the street were pine trees. That was really creepy, going across the street <laughs> and walking through the pine trees. You know how the wind whistles through, and it's just like, oh, one of the scariest sounds ever. I didn't go over there very much. <laughs> but I did wander around the property a lot. It was 80 acres, and I loved to wander. I loved to explore, and I loved to daydream. And this is where my heart began to form the idea that I'm going to grow up and I'm going to get married and I'm going to have a family and I'm going to live. <laughs> Thank you. And that's all I knew. Um, I would go out in the woods and there was like a clearing area and I would sit there and literally brush away whatever was, you know, the leaves and stuff away until I formed a home, a house. I, and I would take a little stump and I would sit there. And I would just play house by myself and dream and dream and dream and dream. And uh, so that, that's what I thought life was, was we grow up, we get married, and then we all live happily ever after, right? Uh, so yes, I was naive. I was so naive that when people said, you're naive, I would be like, no, I'm not. I had no idea what it meant. <laughs> that's naive, right? <laughs> so anyway... Uh, so, okay, around six uh, years old, my grandfather died, and he was the most precious man in my life because he treated me well. Um, many of the men that I encountered throughout my life did not treat me well. Um, you know, they either did crazy and funny things to me. My st I had a stepdad, which I'll tell you about in a minute. Um, but he, he died, and I was six. Uh, it was a gunshot wound, and um, there's a story behind that, but I don't know about that. So anyway, so um, <clears throat> there was a point in time when I lived out there on the farm where we started being bused, like there was a little bus that came and picked us up and took us to church, we kids. My mother didn't go, and uh, it was an Assembly of God church. And I know this because I was in the missionettes, and my brothers were in the Royal Rangers, was it? And so, okay, cool, you know. And uh, so, uh, you know, that was just a short time that I can remember during my life. And, uh, yeah, the, yeah. So anyway, um, during this time when I was about, mm, question mark, I don't know how old I was, I, I was being molested by a family member, um, a male family, family member. But um, so anyway, that, that made a big impact on my life throughout, and it lasted until probably I was about 14 or something. And um, so that was going on the whole time until my mother died, I believe. So <clears throat> anyway, we moved when I was 12. And I can remember I was 12 because I was caught smoking. <laughs> right when I was 12. And my mother took a white t-shirt. and She wrote on there with lipstick, I'm 12 years old and I smoke cigarettes. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Well, I lived on the farm. Who's going to see me? I don't know. So anyway. <laughs> So anyway, that, that was one of the, the funny things. But, uh, 
But around that time, I had my sister was born, and a couple of years after she was born, we realized that she couldn't hear us speaking until we realized that she could feel, you know, she reacted whenever we made that, you know, did that on the ground, stomped our feet or whatever. And then she would respond, it's like, oh no. So we realized she was born deaf, actually hard of hearing. So those of you who know sign language, right? Hard of hearing, <laughs> this is deaf. So anyway, so she was born uh, hard of hearing. So we left there, we left um, Cadillac and the farm and all that and moved down to the lower part of the state, just like practically a beeline straight down to the end of the, the state, the southern part. It was Berrien Springs. There was a school there that she could go to <clears throat> so that she could, you know, learn how to adapt, I suppose, right, to um, life. And so that was, I was 12 years old, and the little town we lived in was called Sodas. It's near Benton Harbor, if you guys have heard of Benton Harbor, St. Joe, the Michigan Twin Cities. And uh, about two years after that, and we still lived in a little bit of a rural area, which was pretty cool-ish, uh, but, <laughs> but uh, a couple of years after that, my mother actually died. And the way she died was unthinkable to most people. And the fact, okay, so <clears throat> what happened was, is, um, I'll tell you the story. My brothers were playing, it was late at night on a Saturday, and I can remember it like it was yesterday. And my brothers were playing, I don't know, something at the table. And I was in bed. It was 11, late. And um, somebody came in and said, Tina, Tina, you got to open the bathroom door. Mom's been in there forever. And I'm like, oh, okay. And we had a thing. You know, I don't know if you guys, we had a little, just a wire thing that you just stuck in the, the knob and it popped out. So I did that and I opened the bathroom door and there was my mother, like she had just fallen off the toilet, just like that. And she had tried to give herself an abortion. So, um, so she was rushed to the hospital and Anne ended up dying at 11.31 at night. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I know the exact time. Everything kind of changed for me right then, obviously, right? Um, I'm 14 years old. Um, I have all these brothers and sisters. They um, took us to my aunt's house, who was her sister, Andy. She's still Andy. And uh, she lived nearby, not too, too far uh, away in a neighboring town. And we stayed there um, <clears throat> until my dad called. <laughs> oh, oh, let me, let me backtrack a little bit. At one point in my earlier childhood, I was in the basement, and I was like, I don't know, nine or ten. And my brother brings me this picture. I might have been a little bit older, but anyway, he brings me this picture of all these kids, and they were, they were dirty and... <laughs> He's like, these are our siblings, our brothers and sisters. I'm like, no, they're not. <laughs> You're lying to me. These are not my people. He's like, they are, though. And at that time, my sister Tammy, who was closest to me in age, we started writing a back and forth and everything after that. And my dad sent me a watch, and my stepdad made me give it back. Well, I had a stepdad, by the way. Uh, ever since I can remember, Dave was around, and he was a humongous man. Like, and I'm this little bitty girl, and he's like six foot four. And he's big, and he's got this flat top and one tooth missing. He's like a nightmare of a person, right? He's got a naked lady here and one here. He was a sailor. So, um, but he was vulgar and awful and um, very, every other word was a curse word. And, you know, he would touch me in, in places as I was just walking around the house, just, you know. And he had this favorite thing to do. He would pick us up by one leg and one arm, 
but everybody's running and swing us around the room. Whee! And I hated it. And he did it anyway. So that's how he was just kind of cruel and, and unkind, most that I that I can remember. So anyway, um, when we moved down to the lower part of the state for my sister to go to school, um, he and my mom separated. And so he went back up north to be with his people, I suppose, anyway. And uh, so when my mom died, he wasn't around. So, mm -hmm, right? Oh, okay. <clears throat> so anyway, we went to my aunt's house, and then my dad called. And he's like, oh, you want to come down? He was in Texas at the time. What's my dad doing in Texas, of all places? I don't know. He's like, oh, hey, nah, nah, nah. I'm your dad. Do you want to come and stay with me? I'm like, I don't know. The first thing I ask him is, do you yell at your kids? <laughs> what, what kind of question is that? He's like, of course I do. But I get over it in just a few minutes. Well, y'all, nobody told me anything about any of this stuff. Like, my dad was an alcoholic. My dad, why is he in Texas? And dirt poor, practically. Dirt, I mean, literally. Um, and anyway, so I'm like, sure. So cruise control kicked in. This is the way I always explain it. I kind of was in cruise control. Oh, just doing the next thing that comes along. Okay, sure. Sounds like an adventure to me. <laughs> I've been an adventurer my whole life, right? Let's just woo, have another adventure. So his wife's parents picked us up, my two older brothers and myself, picked us up from my aunt's house. Or It was an Easter vacation by then. Uh, when it was called Easter Vacation back then, uh, and drove us in their car, drove us to Texas in their car. I don't know these people, people. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know who you are. It's like, let's just go. So I get down there, and it's like, oh, what the heck? You know, Texas, if you know Texas, it's flat. It's not the farm. You're not on the farm anymore. Okay. <laughs> so... Um, and it, it was kind of, I, I guess I had a little culture shock. And I always wondered, and it was dirty. It was dirty, right? Dirt everywhere. And I remember the house, the street that they lived on, every house looked exactly like the other house, except they were a different pastel color. Weird. And it was flat. And there were barely any trees, any. And there was dirt everywhere. And there was dirt all over the front yard. And my dad was an alcoholic, and his wife was, was a caregiver, a caretaker. She, like, you know what I mean? Codependent. She, right? She was always taking care of business while he was whatever. Anyway, I still don't know why they were in Texas. I still don't. Texas is a heck of a long ways away from Michigan. But anyway, say la vie, right? Okay, so, so moved to Texas. Now, they had six kids, the two of them, and then one on the way. Okay. All right, so they're, they're then my, my brother and myself, my two brothers went, but one, Al, the oldest one, he came back to Michigan. He had a life. He was, you know, graduating high school. He had a, a girlfriend he wanted to be with and all this stuff. So he came back up to the, um, up north. And um, <clears throat> so Mike and I stayed. Now, Mike is my se was second oldest, and he had epilepsy. He had the worst form of epilepsy. I, I don't know. I've never seen anything like it. Um, and it was so bad. And he was a big fella, too. And it was so bad that when he had a seizure, he would flail around, and his, he would scream, no, no. 
like scream it. And you can only imagine that every demon in, the, in hell was attacking him at that moment. It was awful. And it was scary. It was pretty scary, quite a bit. So anyway, um, so here's Mike and I. Okay, we're the newcomers. And there's these six fragged people, <laughs> kids. There's a, this is a three-bedroom house, a little bitty square. We call them cracker box houses, right? Little tiny square house with three bedrooms. The boys had one. The girls had the other. And then the parents had the other one. Well, the boys were consisted of two. There was my brother Gary and my brother Mike. Boom. The rest of us were all girls. Oh, my gosh. And then when Danny was born, he's the youngest, he was right. We, the four oldest girls, had to actually get up at night and take care of him. We were his people, you know. We fed him. We changed his diapers. We took turns. There was a chart, and we all did everything. The, the parents didn't do anything but go to work and deal best they could in some way, shape, or form. So anyway, um, yeah, Texas. How about that? I did like Texas after a while. But anyway, so... Uh, I did suffer culture shock, and now to, I just thought about this the other day. I wonder if the culture shock wasn't so much, you know, of the environment, but that now I had to deal with a bunch of females. Before, <laughs> my life was, I had male, males all around me, right? The guy, the, my brother is older, younger, and then this is, but all of these were females, and it was like, ugh. And uh, some of us did, got along, and some of us didn't. And the oldest one that was at, the oldest at the time was Tammy. She was the one closest to me, and she was only born a year and a couple of weeks later than me. So, anyway, people are people. So, anyway, um, so we didn't end up getting along so very well, and, and she's passed on now. Um, Danny has, had, has passed away from cancer a long time ago. My dad is gone, and honestly, guys, this is sad to say, I can't remember anything about my dad's death. I can't remember the day he was born, how, when, why. But I can remember every minute of my mother's. Isn't that something? Yeah. But my dad and I never formed a real relationship. Like, uh, I hope and pray that a lot of you have good daddy-daughter relationships with your father. Because that's foreign to me. I have no clue what that's about. Um, but... Thanks to the grace of God and a little church called Warren Assembly of God back in the day, uh, I got to know Abba, Father, and that's been one of the best things I can, I love about God is that he's my dad, you know, he's my daddy. Um, so anyway, uh, when I was about, okay, when I was 15 years old, back in, in, now we moved about four times in three years that I lived there. That's a lot of moving. I'm like, What's the matter with these people? Are they running from the mob or something? <laughs> Not really. I have my thoughts, but, you know, nobody ever said anything. But anyway, um, we ended up going to church at one point. And I remember just going to church with friends. And um, I went to this convention thing. I think it was at the Houston Coliseum. Or it could have been a really big church. But there was this um, evangelist there called Jerry B. Walker. And I bet you nobody's ever heard of him, but he might have been local, right? But um, I got saved. I remember getting saved that day, that night, or whatever it was. But it was a really big arena, and I gave my heart to the Lord right then. Of course, you know, obviously it's not going to stick too long right then. But um, the whole family ended up going to church for about six months. 
all of us, even my dad, and he quit drinking for like six months. And then I don't know what happened. We probably moved and it all fell apart. <laughs> Darn it. So anyway, so when I was about um, 17, I was over it. I'm done. I'm going to go to Burger King. I got a job at Burger King and I wanted to earn enough money to get a bus ticket and come back to Michigan. But there I met one of my favorite people on the planet, and I, unfortunately we don't get to keep in touch too much, but his name was Carrie, and he was the funniest, most amazing person I've ever known. He was so cool, and, but super funny, like totally hilarious, and we just, we just made good friends. And uh, that said, I, just, I got my ticket and I moved back up here. Carrie and I kept in touch. Um, we had Elton John in common at the time. Actually, he's the one that, that hooked me up with Elton John. It's like, he's the only artist I could think of, you know. And he would send me all of his albums. Everyone, I had so many Elton John albums. It was great. Uh, and he had this pretty handwriting. I miss his handwriting. Isn't that something? Do you ever think about stuff like that? Yeah. But he had the prettiest handwriting. He was intelligent. He was a highly intelligent person. He went to Rice University. If anybody knows that, it's, it's a pretty prestigious school down there and uh anyway today at least last i knew he worked at boeing in seattle yeah washington somewhere so so pretty pretty smart guy but awesome just funny you'd never know he's just uh, hilarious okay so i did raise that money i came back north um to where my brother al is now married to that sweetheart that i told you about earlier pam and guess what they have a bun in the oven. <laughs> what is it with me in pregnancy, <laughs> right? <laughs> so here I go. I stay with these folks, and I become the pseudo-babysitter, blah, blah, blah. And uh, eventually, um, I quit school, by the way. I quit high school to do all of this. And uh, I eventually, my brother was um, a manager at KFC, and I started working at KFC. And I uh, met a friend, Jeannie, there, and we became best friends, and we just hung out together all the time. And... Um, by the time I was like 18 or 19, well, yeah, anyway. So, so I was still living with Al, but eventually I moved in with Jeannie, and it, it was party time by then. It's mm -hmm. like, okay. And I didn't even drink until I was 19, but I did. But no, I was 18, because that was the legal age, right? So, good girl, but I didn't know. I, I, I don't know if I was thinking about how good it was, but no, that, nonetheless, I wasn't a Christian. I really wasn't, you know what I mean, living for the Lord at all. And so anyway, I had my first drink at that point. And um, alcohol has not really been my, wasn't my thing too much. Off and on, I had my moments. Uh, but I learned about uh, pot smoking. I became a really good pothead. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and then, you know, I, w I went out with fellas, and I met this guy, Richard. Uh, Richard Smith was his name, and uh, he, we, um, we were going to get married. Um, he wasn't a super good-looking guy either, <laughs> but he was, you know, he was good to me. He, he was, uh, but he also was an alcoholic, mm -hmm. and he had come into an inheritance. His family gave him, got him or something, or he died in a car accident or something, and, um, but anyway, you know, he was a nice guy, and he was my first, you know, okay. So, <laughs> so um, Richard and I broke up at, because I, you know, I had, I like, you know, I like looking at <laughs> And needless to say, I was very promiscuous, okay? 
uh, at this point. And I, you guys, can I, I'm going to tell you a story. Don't judge. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm living with Richard in this apartment, I think it was. And he's off to work. And there are all these construction guys outside. And I'm like, hey, everybody. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I mean, I'm all super naive and super friendly. And there is this one guy that's really cute. And so we, you know, sort of. <laughs> and he was from Kalamazoo. But anyway, so Richard and I broke up. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Jeannie and I got an apartment, a little up, apartment up above a garage. It was really cute. And her sister, uh, Anita, she moved in with us. Anita ended up with Richard. So I, I like to pass my men along. So. <laughs> I don't want everybody, I don't want anyone to be lonely here. <laughs> you take Richard. <laughs> so, so anyway, um, yeah, poor Richard. <laughs> so anyway, basically from that time until probably forever, even though I had a marriage or two in there, um, I was always looking for love in the wrong places. Um, and even if I thought like, <laughs> anyway, I'll, go, I'll, I'll tell you about that later. So anyway, I was just going from one relationship to another, um, and then uh, <clears throat> when I was 25 years old, I, got, I, was, I became pregnant with my first son. My first son's name is Phil, Philip. Um, Philip, no one knows because he doesn't come around. Um, as far as I know right now, he lives in California. There was a couple of years, about a, a year or so back, where I didn't know if he was even alive or dead. And that's really hard. Uh, I know it's really hard to lose a child, but I think I was talking to one of my other kids. I'm like, it, it's kind of like that. Um, no communication. No, you don't know. It's, it's kind of disheartening. It's really hard. And I think about him every day. And, but Phil, <laughs> Phil and I, I'm never, I didn't have a car for a long time. And uh, so we were walking in a stroller, and I lived in South Warren at the time. And uh, I was walking along, and I saw something on the ground, and it caught my attention. I can't even say how, because honestly, when I picked it up, it was a cross that had been a part of a necklace. But it was rusty and, you know, dirty and crooked and all that, so I kind of called it my old rugged cross. <laughs> um, but then as I, I don't know, I looked across the street after picking that up, and there was a little church over there. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm tired of this life or whatever. So I went across the street. It was called a General Baptist Church, guys. Okay? It's a type of a Baptist church. But it's General Baptist. I, I can't explain it. But they're Southern. It's not Southern Baptist, but they were Southern nonetheless inside there. Anyway. So Philip and I, Phil, we went, we went to church there for a while. And then I met these, this little family of two, a mother and a daughter, uh, who began to pick us up and bring us to church. And the daughter was Kathy, and she was just a little bit older than me, and we became super good friends as well. Um, so we went to church because we got picked up, and that was nice. And, you know, I, I went to church. But honestly, there wasn't a lot of depth there, right? Um, we just went to church. So I still kind of maintained a, a lifestyle, if you will, uh, and went to church. <laughs> So anyway, um, then five years later, I got pregnant with my second son, still not married, 
and this is Christopher. Uh, some of you guys know Christopher. He's pretty awesome, isn't he? Yeah, I love Christopher. I love Phil. I do love Phil. I just miss him. And um, anyway, so Christopher uh, came along, and I was super embarrassed and all that, so I quit going to church and blah, blah, blah. And Phil would keep asking me, Mom, would you just come to church? He was a cute little kid. Would you come to church? I'm like, mm. So uh, eventually, after, Phil, after Christopher was born, I went back to church. His dad was, guess what? He was an alcoholic. Okay. And Philip's dad was also an alcoholic and into drugs and all this other stuff. So yeah, whatever. Oh, bad choices, right? So, um, but, but uh, Phil, I mean, Christopher's dad, he's still, yeah, I, we don't talk to Philip's dad. He never came around. He told me, um, this is all nice and good and everything, but I'm not going to be around. I, I don't want to be in and out of this kid's life. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I got this. We're good. So, um, but his grandpa, his parents, Bob, uh, Philip's grandparents from, Northville, they ended up wanting to sort of, you know, see him once in a while, so they would pick him up and take him. Phil says that he thought he saw his dad one time. He's a handsome guy. Phil's pretty handsome, too. But um, that's it. He never, he was, you know, good with child support and all of that, but he wasn't going to be in his life. So guess what? Guess what I've already deduced, right? Who grew up without a dad? Oh, whose first child grew up without a dad? Mm. History does repeat itself, right? So, poor Phil. I've apologized and tried to work things out, but he's a mess. You can pray for Phil every chance you get. He's a mess. He's uh, in, in uh, I call him now, I say he's on the fringes. He's in the subculture that has to do with um, graffiti. And, of course, we all know that you don't go out and spray things in the daytime, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a nighttime thing. So it, it's involving drugs and alcohol and the whole thing. And he's a terrible mess right now. So he will reach out to Christopher, <clears throat> which he did um, back uh, around our birthdays. <laughs> We've got a bunch of birthdays in August. And we did get to talk to him for a few, but he's gone again. He's, he's disappeared. He just isn't communicating anymore. So anyway, <clears throat> so I went back to church. And um, to the same to the same little church, and Kathy and I were friends for years and years and years. And uh, there was a, some family of this other family who came to join the church after a while, and they were interesting because they kept going. You know, there's more. There's more out there, Dina. There's more to this spiritual stuff than just that. You need to go find it. And the church was going through this little bit of a, a split right then because that's real popular in some churches. But anyway, so I'm like, okay. And so I kind of started driving one Sunday. I think it was a Sunday night. And I, I was like looking for just the right church. And I drew, drove through this Assembly of God drive, parking lot. And nobody was there. It's like, oh, okay. It must be too early, like six or something. So I kept driving, and I went through this other one. I'm like, mm, I don't like this one. And so I drove, and I went back to the Assembly of God Church. I'm like, oh, good, someone's here. And so they must have started at a different time than I'm used to. And uh, so I got out, and, and that was our church for a while, like six, eight years. So Phil and Chris and I all went to this church. 
Uh, this Assembly of God. Warren Assembly of God, it was called at the time. There's a Home Depot sitting right there now. Hmm, oh well, I, I go there. <laughs> I don't worship there, though. <laughs> Maybe I should. <laughs> anyway, and so that was great, because, you know, that brought me really some depth. Some depth back, you know, like uh, the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues and the worship and whoa. And Pastor Jeff was amazing, okay? Um, I learned so much, and that's where I got my Abba Father, right, teaching from, and just that, oh, yes, yes. And it was good, and it was great. And then um, a little bit after that, uh, we had a guest speaker that came to speak to the workers. I was always a greeter. I'm like, I was always a greeter, because that's what I do. Hi, how you doing? (laughs) And uh, so... He was great. He was wonderful. His name was Tim Delina, and he came from sort of the uh, Wilkerson, David Wilkerson thing down there, but he was awesome, and so his message was, of course, his, the church was all about outreach and, and the homeless, and, and that's where my heart was really lending towards at that time. I'm like, oh, okay, God, I got you. We'll, we'll do. So I went and talked to Pastor, you know, uh, Jeff, and then to Pastor Tim, and I switched churches and went to Revival Tabernacle Assembly of God, which is on Woodward and Six Mile. So they took a an X-rated movie theater and made it into a church, and it was awesome. And across the street was the Rock, the ROC, the Revival Outreach Center, and that was great. I got I spoke there a couple times. It's awesome. Well, guess what? There was this guy who started coming there, and his name was, anybody want to guess? No. No. (laughs) You're so cute. No. His name was Howard Harris, but nobody knows that because that's my dad's, my kid's dad, the three younger ones, right? And anyway, so I met Howard Harris, and really all the signs were there, Um, but anyway, I just tried to talk to this guy, and he was very, he had come from... um, Life Challenge, and he was there for a good while. He went through the program and then stayed on to be oh, like a counselor. Hmm? Yes, correct. It might have been Teen Challenge at the time, too. Anyway, but right, you said that's true. And he was an usher, and he was very businesslike and grown up and all of this. And so I, I am, I'm very, I like to challenge people. <laughs> so if you're sitting there not talking, I'm going to make you talk. <laughs> so I, you know, had conversations with this guy, and um, then on Father's Day he actually gave me a Father's Day card. Oh, wasn't that sweet? I had because I was raising two kids, right? So that was really nice. So Howard Harris, um, I ended up actually marrying this guy. Everybody say, <laughs> yeah, uh, I actually married this guy. Um, I love the church. I love you know the teachings and all of that. Um, and I had three wonderful children, and most of you well some of you know my kids um there are two out in the youth center right now maybe uh i don't know they were there earlier and then josiah so i have josiah jerriel and jordan in that order but the two younger ones are twins so so i like to boast yes i had four pregnancies but five kids (laughs) yay (laughs) but anyway um so i could oh that's so pretty (laughs) Um, so uh, one thing that I'm not going to do is I'm not 